I hear that Father Steve is such a wonderful preacher, so I feel a little bit guilty taking you away from one of his homilies today. <clears throat> but I'll do it anyways. <laughs> when I was in seminary, uh, the professor that we had for Trinity, imagine we have today's Trinity Sunday, and we had a whole course on the Trinity. So how do you put it down into an eight to 10 minute homily or longer, Father? But the professor said that this is probably the Sunday of the year when there is more heresy preached than any other Sunday, huh? because it's so complex. We all know that the, the Trinity is a great mystery. Pope Francis has been telling us if we want to be able to communicate the gospel, let's go for the core, let's go for what's clearest, what's most easily understood. So I thought that as we speak about the Trinity today, we'll get to the, really to the, the core. And that's that our God is a God who's three persons, but a single God. That there's this distinction, but still a unity. Even those of you who are the greatest philosophers or have the best imagination would never come up with something like that. It's so hard for us to even begin to fathom. If it weren't for the fact that Jesus came down and lived among us and spoke to us about his Father and spoke to us about the Holy Spirit, we would have never been able to intuit that. A lot of our faith, a lot of our moral teaching is something that's written in our hearts. But when it comes to the mystery of the Trinity, it's so abstract, so hard to even believe that it's only because it's revealed to us by Jesus who was willing to live for us, to die for us, and to rise for us. And so we take it as true because Jesus said it. But what he reveals to us and what the church has been teaching now for 2,000 years is that our God is a community of persons. You know at the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we hear that God created man in his own image, man and woman. He created us in his own image. And so if he's a community of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it shouldn't be surprising that we need community. You're not all sitting at home in front of your iPad huh, doing FaceTime for church. There's something really important about us all coming together. God created us to be a community of believers, to have that kind of bond with one another that's absolutely essential. It's not just because it's more convenient to put everybody together, but rather it really has to do with how God created us and indeed God's own identity. For you see, between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is such incredible love that it necessarily pours out to include us. There's nothing that our God wants more than to include us in that community of love that's shared by Father and Son and Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus taught us so tangibly here when he walked this earth. That's what the church has been teaching us now, that church that Jesus founded, that's been passing on his teaching for 2,000 years. 
Christ wanted us to know the love of the Father and the power of the Holy Spirit. When we celebrate the sacraments, when we begin that journey of faith with baptism, we begin an incredible share in God's Trinitarian love. And we're called to reach out to others in that same way. We're called to be part of that loving community in such a way that it necessarily pours over the brim. We're called to be welcoming as a community. One of the reasons why I was so happy to come to to St. Peter's today because I, I hear all the time how this is such a welcoming community that you bring people in. Even the structure of your church is such that it brings people together with the altar at the center. Pope Francis has been so adamant about reminding us that we as church, in that image of the Trinity, must always be welcoming. That what we do within these walls has to generate so much love that it pours forth beyond. Pope Francis keeps telling us that we need to go out into the peripheries to open wide the doors of the church. Open wide the doors, not only so that others can come in, but so that we can go out and to share that sense of community, to share that sense of love that's at the very core of who we are, of how it is that God created us. The moment that we fail to see that tie, the moment that we fail to be involved in reaching out in that work of being missionary disciples, of bringing others into that incredible love that's shared by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that love that embraces us as well, we're not being true to our identity. How is it that we find the strength and the wisdom to be able to do that capably. Certainly it's because of that gift of the Holy Spirit that we heard about in the Gospel today, that advocate. In this season we've been celebrating so many confirmations all over the Archdiocese. That's such an important moment as our young people are being sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the gift that so many of us have received. We have to offer ourselves to the Holy Spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to use us to build up that community. So fundamentally, it's God's work through us. It's God who knows how to build community. It's God who desires that. It's God who's going to do that. But where do we find the strength, even when we know where the Spirit is leading us? It's the Eucharist. That's why it's so appropriate that the altar is at the very center of your community. It's here even with the word that we call it. We know it's Eucharist, Thanksgiving, but what do we call it most often? Communion. It speaks of that community. In one of my parishes where I served early on, when I would say, first Sunday I was there, I said, body of Christ, you always expect people to say amen. And instead, the whole community said, we are. In the sense that we're all called into communion, that that Eucharist that we receive, that gift of the Lord's body and blood, draws us in to that communion that's shared by Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and then strengthens us to go out. 
How beautiful is your church with these windows that reminds us that we don't just gather in these four walls, but rather there's a whole world that awaits us that needs to hear God's word, that needs to experience God's love. On this Trinity Sunday, this Sunday when we come to focus on that loving community shared by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let's recommit ourselves to being part of that community, but then sharing it with others as well. God held in his heart for many, many generations a beautiful secret, a secret very dear to his heart that he was waiting for the right time to reveal. There were hints of it in the Old Covenant, but it wasn't until the fullness of time in the sending of his Son that God reveals this beautiful secret that reveals to us not only most deeply who God is, but that revelation reveals very profoundly who we are. It was stressed in the Old Covenant, God is one. There is only one God, and there is no other. But this God who is one is not solitary. This God is a mystery of three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this is what is revealed when the Father sends His Son. And together the Father and the Son send the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is an eternal exchange of love. God is a family. God is a communion that is built upon this perfect giving of love between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, each one completely giving themselves and each of them perfectly welcoming the gift of the other. This is why this reveals to us who we are. We gather as many individuals, and each of us, made in the likeness and image of God, is a unique, unrepeatable, precious reflection of God, but not only as individuals, because we are individuals not in order to stay enclosed within ourselves, to be for myself. No, we are perfectly images of God when, like God, our whole life is an opening out toward others 
and a complete gift of ourselves to one another. Now, the minute I say that, perhaps like me, we become painfully aware of the imperfection of that reality in our life. Why is community, unity, so challenging? Why is it so hard to love? Look at marriage. Look at family life. Look at friendships. Look at relationships between neighbors. Look at how much the world needs Jesus. Because every one of us is aware that there's something broken inside of us. We would love to see this heaven on earth. We would love to have greater unity and communion of love with the people around us. Oh my gosh, we would love this. We would love to have a little more. And this is why the Father sent the Son. This is why the sending of the Spirit in order to redeem your heart and my heart so that we could be taken more deeply into the communion that is God, that it would overflow your heart and mine to one another. The journey toward a greater communion, even as an archdiocese, is always going to be through new experiences of mercy. It's always going to be through an experience of mercy by you and by me. Let me give you some concrete examples. For example, if I'm struggling with pride, has anyone here struggled with pride besides me? I'm just curious. Are there a few? Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Well, as you and I both know, when we struggle with pride, that does not build community. Because when I'm in pride, I see myself as better than others. I place myself above and superior to other people. So I can look down on them to feel good about myself. That does not build community. But as I allow Jesus and his mercy to redeem my heart, now I can become, let's say, like someone like Mary Jo Copeland down at Sharing and Caring Hands. When people come to her center, she puts herself below the people that come. She washes their feet before she serves them a meal and gives them the clothes that they do not have, that they need. Humility allows us to put ourselves below others and to serve others. 
Boy, wouldn't you love to have more humility in your marriage, in your family life, and in some of your friendships? Otherwise, it's about me. Another area of conversion that you and I need sometimes is with regard to impatience. Now, I know I'm not the only one here that gets impatient. But when we are impatient, we want to control others. We want them to dance to our expectations. We want to dominate their life. This is why I need the mercy of Jesus to give me that beautiful virtue of meekness, to look gently on other people, give them room to breathe, give them room to be sinners, to be imperfect, and to give them space to make mistakes and to not jump on them the minute they do. One last example, greed and envy. When I'm struggling with greed and envy, I see the other as a competitor, as a threat, not as someone who is uniquely created by God, given different gifts and talents than God gave me. So there's where I need Jesus to take that greed and envy out of my heart that makes me judge and criticize others and to help me realize how beautiful I am and how beautiful the other is and to be able to love each person as unique. So these are just some examples and why we need Jesus to come to us in the Eucharist. This Eucharist is to create communion. Communion between all of us here today and all those outside of our parish until we become one single family of God. We got a lot of work to do, don't we? Well, let's put it this way. God has a lot of work to do in us. And we just need to let him do that. Amen?